Aftershocks by Andrew James Chapter 11 The Earthquake Below the sea and deep within the earth, a rock begins to tremble. No one notices this little agitated rock. No one pays attention as it shifts slightly from where it has lain for a thousand, thousand years. It quivers again and it nudges the rocks beside it, and then they too lurch into action, trembling as one. Soon the rocks and the stones and the gravel and the earth all shake and tremble, and with their shaking a sound begins. It is a grating sound, a humming, violent sound that hints it may one day roar. It is full of vast and untold emotion and rage, as if woken from a deep sleep. It is a sound that lashes out with vengeance and pushes the world around it, forcing itself upon that world. It is a sound desperate to be heard. It builds and builds, reaching upward with titanic arms and then spreads them wide, wrenching open the world and screaming its name, for it must be known. Somewhere, a small rock begins to tremble, somewhere very deep. The door swung open, a grinning face on the other side. The rumpled t-shirt of the man hung loosely around that same wiry frame with jean shorts beneath it. Damn it, does he ever change? The boy stumbled past him and into the cool house. The inside was dark like the forest he had just cut through. The windows offered little light, distracted by the trees on the other side, shaded and secluded like the forest, with their transposed shadows casting great big images of trees even within those bleak confines. His bag fell from his back as he turned to face the man who still stood outlined in the light from the door. The events of the last hour exploded into his mind full force, and all thought of fighting the pain and emotion vanished as he felt the impending safety of the home enclose around him. His tears marbled his face and racking sobs fought from a splintered throat. He bent over, trying desperately to ease the pain in his stomach brought on by sorrow and fear and emotion. It felt like someone was still standing on him, like heavy boots were crushing his insides as he doubled over, begging silently for the feeling to stop. He looked up only briefly as the door behind the man swung shut and darkness hid the home's interior. He felt rather than heard the man walk into him and arms pull him close in an embrace. What happened? What's going on? The man asked calmly. His voice lost to him. He could only shake and cry and gasp as he leaned into the man's arms. Sit down and tell me what happened. He moved around to the other side of the black couch and lay back against it, feeling the cool leather ease his burning skin. He could feel the softness of the couch and the comfort of its recline against him as he realized without knowing that his muscles had been tensed all this time. Allowing them to relax, he watched as the man kneeled before him, his hands on either side of the boy's knees. The expression on the man's face was calm and knowing, and caring. The same youthful mess of red hair hung across one eye as he looked up at the boy, his hands moving back and forth, kneading the soft, pale skin above the boy's dried, bloody knees. The memory 
was happening quickly now, quicker than the others had before. The details were less obvious, but at the same time so distinct. There were moments here that needed to be remembered. Somewhere from far away, Chad's voice coaxed the memory forward. Keep going. Move on. Keep going, it said. You know what helps me when I feel like this? The red-haired man asked casually, his tone hinting at something. I like to get undressed and just lay here and watch movies. Do you want to do that? The boy only nodded his head, not really sure what his answer was. He wanted to talk, to tell the man what had happened. The words came out hesitantly, fear driving his need to talk, but once again, pride holding him back. The fear and pain of the day manifested in a horror story that needed to be told, but the words were a struggle, and there was a nagging distraction here that held them back. The man sat there his hands continuing to rub up the boy's legs as he listened. Their slow kneading of his legs made little waves in his skin that undulated across the surface, and he wondered if that felt good. Small sips was all he could manage. He wanted to share it all, everything, the whole stinking mess, the move, the fight, the children, and their insignificant anger and hatred. He wanted to drink so deeply in the story and drown himself on the bitter fluid, but all he could manage were small sips. That's awful. I can't believe it. How could they do that? Where were the teachers? Questions coming from the man's lips as if robotically, as he kneeled there, his hands now tracing small circles on the boy's thighs. Does that feel good, he asked after a moment. I guess. The hands moved up further and the boy felt a familiar stirring. Can we just talk or watch a movie? I think I just want to do that right now. Maybe we can watch that movie you told me about, he said to the man. The hands continued to rub and massage his thighs as they moved higher. This will make you feel better. Those boys were so mean to you. This will make you feel all better. Does it feel good? He asked that a lot, always asking if it felt good. Yes, the boy mouthed as he fought back fresh tears. Good. The man leaned forward and the hands moved up. It was a bit later. The shadows of the trees had moved, but only a few inches on the wall. Then again, it was summer, and the sun hung high for hours at this time of year. It was impossible to know how long it had been. I think you should go, he said to the boy, his body moving off him and his feet thumping to the floor beside the bed. I think you should get going. The boy rolled off his stomach with a silent groan of pain and discomfort. What did I do wrong? He asked, his voice full of emotion. Nothing, nothing. It's just sometimes afterwards I feel like I need a little bit of silence. I want to be alone, but nothing. The small boy tried to stand, but his legs were aching. This new pain made it hard to sit, even on the soft mattress. He struggled to look around the room. It was hot. Why was it so hot in here? His shorts were crumpled at the foot of the bed, his shoes only a short distance from them. He slid from the bed, wincing in pain, and struggled to pick up his clothes. It's okay, just get going. You probably need to be home anyway, the man said to him. 
He was holding the boy's bag up for him to take. Get going, he said with a finality in his voice. His clothes were back on, and the boy, his arms folded across his chest tightly, shouldered the bag and moved out of the bedroom. Can I come back tomorrow? he asked, looking up at the man. There was no eye contact now. Nothing of the man's kindness or concern for the boy was left. Maybe. We'll see, he responded blandly. He was standing at his dresser, busily tidying up. The boy's head bowed. He walked down the stairs to the big green door and then outside. The sun was still bright and the heat that assailed him was the full force of the Florida summer humidity. He paused for a moment as he tried to stand up straight, but the sharp pain that came signaled that maybe he had best remain hunched forward for now. He walked slowly, each step, another stabbing feeling, back down the path to the driveway and towards home. The walk was a forced march, and each time he put weight on his legs, he could feel where the man had been. His shorts felt damp and stuck to him in a nagging way that made him want to peel them from himself, but the thought of touching his own body sickened him. Maybe it was from sweat. It felt more unclean than that, like he needed to wipe it away with a rough cloth. Maybe when he got home, he could clean himself off without anyone knowing. The thought made him increase his pace despite the pain. At home, he could clean himself and wash it all off, he hoped. Maybe he could do that. He turned onto his street, and each foot forward was one painful step closer to home.